Welcome everybody to the Culture of Life podcast. My name is Andrew Jacoby. This is First Fisherman Media here coming from Austria, Vienna, Austria, Cafe Diglis. And I have a wonderful guest with me, Alexander Chugwell. Is that the right way to pronounce your yes, name? Alexander? Yes, thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you and I really appreciate you taking the time. I've been very inspired by learning about you and your institute. And so I'd love to sort of talk a little bit about what you're up to with the institute. Um, obviously, the, pur the purpose of the Culture of Life project is we're trying to um, think about how it is that we can create a culture of life because we live, as you know, in a culture of death where abortion is through the roof. There's all kinds of redef attempted redefinitions of marriage. Religion is falling away, and we seem to be going in the wrong direction in my country, and I'd like to hear your perspective, but it also seems like the same in your country. So we want to talk about how we can reverse that and what we can do to, to go towards a culture of life. So... Um, could you just give a little bit of background, maybe a one minute or so introduction to who you are and what the Institute's about? Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so um, my name is Alexander Jugoel. I was born and raised in Vienna, Austria. I'm 29 years old, married and have a child, a little boy. How old? And um, just six and a half weeks old. Oh, so praise God. Quite new. Thank you very much. So um, yes, my background, I was um, received in the church when I was 15 and afterwards started to engage very much in the pro-life and pro-family fight, especially in Germany and Austria. Um, uh, I'm the founder of um, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, pro-family organization in Germany, the Demo für Alle. And one of the what founders... What is that in English? How uh, that? You can really translate it. It means more or less demonstration for all, but it's, um, it was um, 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 uh, named in this way because at the time we've created it, there was a huge Manif Purtus movement in France fighting for marriage, and we did the same thing in, in Germany. For and traditional marriage, for yeah, of course, right, of right. course, for, uh, for real marriage. Uh, for uh, marriage, if I if I use the terms I use today, uh, please consider that I always use them in a traditional right. form right. and not in a modern form. But I, right. we can go talk about this later. And then I'm I, in Austria. I'm one of the founders of the March for Life in Austria, uh, and was when also did that begin? Excuse me. When did that begin? The, the March for Life itself began in the in the 70s and 80s already, but the organization was changed many times. And the last time it changed was six years ago when we founded it new, newly in order to create it in a, uh, not different, but in a, a stronger and bigger way. And right. it worked very well. We had we managed to raise the numbers from 500 people coming to um, nearly 5,000 people coming in Corona. Um, uh, yeah. measures mm. uh, destroyed this pretty much and now we are with two and a half thousand on average a very youth uh, big youth march if you look at our here inhabitants in Vienna. in Vienna if you look at our, uh, our Austrian people living in Austria it's nine million people roughly so it's a very good number and then I created the St. Boniface Institute an institute which tries to um, to well, which works in, in many different political areas and the main goal of it is that whatever happens in the world, um, um, in especially our world obviously, so f focused on Austria, focused on Central Europe, but focused also on the rest of the Western world and focused especially on what's happening in Rome and in the church, we try to uh, do an analysis from a, a traditional Catholic point of view and if this analysis um, brings us to a point where we are ready to publish something we normally publish um, um, not publicly but we publish those 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 things dossiers more or less and send them to different media outlets different politicians to, to, to different church leaders to priests etc in order to strengthen them in their Catholic position yeah. that's what we do and we organize public rosary rallies. Today is a public rosary what rally. Time? Uh, every every Wednesday at 6 p.m. in front of Our Lady's, Our Lady of the Scots. Uh, that's not true. It's, it had a different name, but that's the Viennese name for it, the Schottenkirche. 
it was named after the Irish people, and as you know, the Irish people are called Scot uh, Scots in, Scots in Latin. Irish, yeah. So, so that's the reason. That's the reason it's named like this. Yes, and then we do lots of interviews and videos. Um, uh, sometimes with our own banner. Sometimes for other people, it depends on you know what fits best. So and that's so how it works. What particu other particular issues? I know on your site, there's obviously it seems like marriage and yes, abortion are the two biggest ones. Other, yes. How would you list out what is the the priorities of well, the Well, the institute? priority is very clear. The first priority is God comes first. So it's you can you can more or less go. Uh, just, just use the Ten Commandments and try, and th that's our right. priority. So first is is God, God then comes first. the family, right. etc., and then comes theft, murder, all those things. First, murder, obviously, family murder, then the then the then the whole perversion, uh, then the, uh, all the other things, communism, theft, etc. Right, sure. So yeah, so we follow the Ten Commandments more or less. So, uh, what we do is we focus very much on bringing back a traditional understanding of of, of faith and uh, and the church because many people want this and they don't get it anymore. We do not do it by um, saying that we are um, 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 now here in order to be the better church for the people. No, 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 not at all. I think the church is is holy and the church is perfect. Obviously, there are some people here on earth who represent the church who are not holy and not perfect, but that's normal. And I think we as we ourselves are also not perfect and not holy sure. yet. And, and or maybe at all, who knows? So what we want to do is we want to we want to focus on the eternal teaching of the church, on um, the saints the church brought forward, the 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 doctrine of the church in general. Right, that's, that's what we do. So, so um, there's I, I heard an interesting interview with you at the the, the tradition, family, and property in Pennsylvania. They're talking about um, you you ma you made a claim there that I thought was very interesting, which was that the impression that Americans have about your, the Catholic Church in Europe, maybe Austria in specific, is that it's kind of dead and dying and going away. And you were saying that that's not really true. No. And this was news to me because I had this impression. I'd, I, I lived yes. here for a long time, but I wasn't Catholic, so it didn't really matter to me one way or the other. So could you speak a little bit about, of I course. think Americans might have the wrong impression about the, the health of the church in Austria and Europe and at lar in, yes. uh, in general. So there are two things I want to say before uh, uh, um, answering this question. First of all, the American culture is a very different culture than the European culture. It's a newer culture, and and if you obviously um, we can discuss what exactly a culture is, but the Americans do have their own culture. They do they do have it. Very Protestant culture. Well, yes, but Protestant and very very um, some some things very modernist. But we look at the European culture. We are also completely decadent in other things. So we don't want to fight right now <laughs> about this. But the American culture is 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 very. Um, uh, public. So whatever happens is is normally news immediately. If you talk about, for example, we now had this recent case of a of a of a priest who was uh, laicized by by the, by the Vatican. Pavone, this would be this would be no news in Europe. Uh, maybe a little bit news. Uh, it's only typical America that everyone has an opinion on it before even knowing what exactly happened. Right. It's interesting. Before everyone knew what exactly the bishop or the Vatican decided on, it was already news that it's unjust or it's just Twitter. or whatever. You know, on Twitter and everywhere. So you see that it's a very American answer to to to. A problematic whereas in Europe if people if things like this happen so if we see that our faith is being um, disrespected in public that normally the faithful in Europe try to go out of the way of, of the pub public media so in all Europe the answer is exactly the opposite traditionally this changed now a little bit so we will see more and more Catholics coming into, uh, uh, into the public again 
especially right now, the recent elections, if you look a little bit at it, Italy, um, yeah, Giorgio Meloni and also right. Matthias Olveni are both very proud movement. of their Catholic faith. If you look at the Polish, uh, the Polish government, they are very right. proud Long, of the Catholic yeah, faith. The if you look at Orban is not a Catholic, but he he's promotes... A Calvinist, he's right? a Calvinist, but he promotes... Uh, his wife is a Catholic, and he promotes uh, the Catholic Basic faith. Basic uh, Judeo-Christian uh, uh, Christian uh, Yes, yeah, yeah, he, and he promotes the Catholic faith also quite, quite, uh, quite Most a lot. Most Hungarians are Catholic, right? Yeah, yeah, the majority is Catholic, but but it's not a huge majority. It's it's uh, after it was a after all it was also a former communist country. So right. lots of people sure. are not, have no faith at all. Sure. If you look at Spain, for example, the race of the Vox Party, Vox Party is more or less explicitly Catholic. If you look at France, if you look at the right wing party, the right wing party, the Front National, has a very nationalistic background. But right now, more and more Catholic politicians come to the post. Marie, Marine Le Pen, especially Marion Maréchal, sorry, Marion Maréchal, especially she's no not in the Front National right now, but she, for example, also embraces the Catholic faith very much. So you see, it comes back. But in the past, in the last decades, what you will see is that as soon as there is an attack on the church, and the bishops start not no longer defending the the faith, then the faith will try to find other more private, more familiar um, um, rooms. Right, that's where what, that was your point in the interview. Yes. It's much more family-oriented. way more family-oriented. That the main difference between the United States and, and Europe, if you look at it from a sheer um, everyday life perspective, is that the typical European would not change his location ten times in his life but yeah. rather stay normally where he was raised. So the typical European, if you go, maybe not in big cities, but if you go, let's say, outside of Vienna or to the countryside and ask the people, um, why do you live there? Most of them will tell you, well, I was born here, my parents were born here, my grandparents were born here, etc. If you go to the United States, people yeah, will definitely not tell you this. They will tell you that they already changed um, into into different states, even in their life, it's even like though a those pioneer states are culture. Of yes, some even sort though they're even the yes, and why not? It's a different culture, as I said. Uh, but some of them are thousands of kilometers uh, away from each other, or miles away from each other. So that's a huge difference. So here, normally, if you have a problem, the first answer you will find is difficult to find because it's a private family answer. And yes, in the Catholic families of Europe, you will definitely find still find the faith even more than this. You will now find it um, actually raising, um, uh, as well, growing uh, more right. and more. Right. It's not the numbers we, wa we want to have. We had in Austria, for example, we were 100%, 100% more or less 100% Catholic country. This changed over the time of our, of our history a, a few times, but we were always 80% plus Catholic. Would you say that's also true amongst the young people as well? Is yeah, or yeah. is this so? This is this is true because your generation. You're, I'm 49. Your generation is a, you're at least one generation before yes. me. And well, so it it depends. So I don't want to I don't want to make up things. Um, I have to say that in general, um, the question is what you consider the young generation. So true. if you look at the young generation, you will find um, extremely high percentage. Uh, being totally destroyed so without uh, being raised without actually parents uh, they have parents but their parents are not actually even definitely most of them divorced and i don't want to blame anyone here you know it's it's a we live in terrible anti-cultural anti anti-truth times right, so obviously sure. this happens sure many of them Is went through abortion or uh, or survived an abortion more or less so they don't know about it but maybe one of the siblings was actually killed in abortion um their contraceptives are very normal taking drugs is very normal especially taking official drugs like certain uh, psychopharma, uh, right, uh, sure. pharmacologicals and so on. So what you find out at the end of the day is that if you look at the not destroyed part of society, so all the people who actually did um, have a, uh, did have a childhood with normal, uh, normal with parents who love them and who are together, right. etc. If you look at them, the majority of them right now is really looking for God and for the truth. So yes, it's a little bit hard to talk about this because if it depends on how we define society. If I 
and this is now my definition only for this podcast maybe, but I, that's, I, I use this quite often, society is a good term. So we have to look at, the, at, at what is really working. And a working society is not something we can invent, but it grows naturally out of family relationships between families. Right. And everywhere you still have this, you have a very, very strong faith still uh, there, and it comes more and more back and back. And this but is less in the, maybe less in the cities. Your, it's less in the cities. Well, so even growing in the, the cities, in the but countryside. yes, obviously it's less in the cities than on the sure. countryside. Right, so, so it's in the country, if you go outside of Vienna, you'll find that the yes, faith is stronger. But, y yes, in a way. They, they're no, I would, I would not say this. I would say their natural understanding is stronger. Their natural understanding is stronger. But the faith is not necessarily stronger because the good thing about the cities is obviously that you have a broader variety and therefore also more good priests. So if right. you, for example, look into Vienna, Vienna right, has... The John Paul II Center I was looking at. Yeah, you went there. Okay. No, no, yeah. I want to go today. I was going okay, yeah, to go stop by. It's very charismatic from Legionaries of, Legionaries of Christ. So, the, so what you have in Vienna, you have... Uh, dozens of priests, and I'm not kidding, by the way, who are all very, very faithful, who also in the time of the so-called pandemic, where everything was locked up, um, still went to the faithful, and you could still go to mass there, etc. Were they so doing it in houses? Was it, it sort of secret? It was, often, it was very often secret. It was very often That's private amazing. houses, private. Uh, and I was... I so was were you attending these masses? Yeah, yeah, of course. I was organizing lots of them, and I was very... Unfortunately, you know, every one of us uh, sometimes has the problem to have the pride issues, you know, and I was extremely proud of myself. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so great because we organized hidden masses. And then after the first lockdown was over, I talked with my friends and I was showing off and I was like, yeah, yeah we organized hidden masses. And then everyone <laughs> told me, yeah, we, we did the same. Right, so there's so a I whole network of It was a completely masses. normal thing in the first lockdown. That all Amazing. the faith families actually organized masses. So in Austria, I have to say that I, it's hard, it's really difficult to find anyone I know who did not have the chance to go to a mass. And that's quite amazing. So you see that the hidden network works very well. And the question is now, is it good that it's hidden or not? Well, there are two answers to this. First of all, it is good that there is such a network. That it exists. And it is yeah. understandable that it's hidden. Because why not? Not everyone is ready to fight. Not everyone has the possibilities to fight. And some people also from their own character are just more hidden people you know let's say if you're more introverted for example why is would something in the germanic uh, culture yeah, that you would say because it's a, especially the, it's especially a little bit less let's say um, demonstrative yes, a little bit yes. less so a little the, bit more the, reserved the Germani uh, germans so from the people the bavarians for example and the austrians are part of the bavarian uh, right. um, people they are obviously um, not very. They are not demonstrating people. We, I, I, I would, I would lie if I said that this was is always the case because in the Corona times we had the biggest demonstration in the whole history. Right, I saw that. Yeah, Vienna so, was so, going. So it is possible if there is a huge injustice, you will see the people going to the street. But it's not in like the French people always demonstrate. The Italians are different, but they also like to, to do this. But the Austrians normally don't, and the Southern Germans. So, so it was quite amazing to see this. But there's another uh, thing to this. Um, if if you if you ignore ideologies and just look at the nature of, of mankind, then you will find out that uh, the men need um, need leadership in a way they lead uh, they need a hierarchy, and not a perverted hierarchy, not a wrong hierarchy, not a hierarchy where someone says that he is our voice, um, uh, in but in in reality he does exactly the opposite. Sure. Or you know some certain certain pastors who and uh, end up actually killing their own sheep instead of mm. protecting it. Sure. Those things happen, but in general, the natural hierarchy hierarchical understanding is very very basic uh, for every human. So at the end of the day, humans need 
examples. And if there are no public examples, it's very difficult to do something right. Because at the end of the day, you'd never know if this is something you can do, if it's even correct. Even if, you're, even if your brain tells you it's correct, if nobody else is doing it publicly, then you will ask yourself many times if it's really correct. Because if nobody's doing it, it's very difficult to fight right. against it. If you're the only one that doesn't want the shot. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, and also, it's it's also natural. I don't want to say that those people are cowards. Not at all. It's very natural. Please find me an army where a soldier says, "I I will fight now an enemy's army alone without my comrades." Sure. You would not find Doesn't this happen. because it's it, no, it's also not very intelligent because you would you would immediately lose. Right. So the question. We're social animals. Yes, in a way, in a way, yes. Um, animals in the correct philosophical right, way. Right, well, that's from an Aristotelian perspective. Yes, yes. Rational uh, exactly. animals, obviously, social, obviously. political animals, he yeah, would yeah. say. It's all on politicon, of course. So what we have here is a situation where we need natural uh, natural leadership. And natural leadership was by the, uh, promoted by the church always. And nowadays, through the whole egalitarian and, and uh, liberal and socialist and communist movements, it's more or less very difficult for modern people to find out how this looks like. But we know as you Catholics... You mean a real, a, mere, a real hierarchy. A mean, real hierarchy, right, right. yes. And I give you now to accept two one. examples of a very real hierarchy. You can Everyone will accept this. If a child is born, so it's already um, in your hands, you know, and you see it, his, its face, etc., the most natural hierarchy on earth is that this child is definitely not um, in charge of doing the household. 100% not. <laughs> it will be the mother and the father, in a way, you know, however they, they, sure. they take care of it normally the mother if it comes to the household and normally the father for every outside thing. sure so that's you will see it's a very natural hierarchy um, interestingly as we see uh, we see why do i in the bring this example because in this example that hierarchy is is um, shown to us in the most beautiful way what does it mean to be the leader it needs to serve so what is actually the purpose of the parents if the child comes serving the needs of the child sure. so what the, uh, so the first thing they have to take care of the child is uh, brought up in a christian way so you have to baptize it quite early you have to pray for it you have to uh, keep it in your it's very difficult at the beginning and uh, and things like this then you obviously have to take care of its food its clothing and all of this so actually leading the household means serving the weakest in the household and that's a natural hierarchy. Right. So you see that the one on top is actually the one serving the one below him and not the one asking them to serve him. Right, sure. There is such a thing as well, and it comes naturally. So for example, if the child grows up a little bit and the child is capable of doing things himself, then obviously the parents have to ask the child to do it because they want the child to be prepared to have his own household right. later. To be right. a father later that's on, it. to be so a husband, a, a provider. That's a natural hierarchy. So now look at the church. Let's now look everyone who listens to your podcast will know at least one good priest. It's difficult mm -hmm. sometimes to, to name many, but, but you will see one. God will never, never leave you alone. You will always find good priests. If you really ask for them and pray, you will always have them. So let's uh, look at a good priest. The good priest, um, let's say, gives a good leadership in church by um, uh, celebrating Mass in a very reverent way. Let's say the, the most reverent way possible for this priest. He will try to prepare his homilies in a way that it really helps you gaining more understanding of the faith and, and going deeper inside in, into the church, actually. He will help you in, in times of need, where, for example, you're sick and, uh, or you, someone is dying and he will assist you or he will perform the baptism of your children or right. he will marry you, whatever, you know, all those things. So at the end of the day, everyone will accept that this priest is the leader of his, let's say, parish community. Why is he the leader? Because he's serving, first of all, God. Right. 
by doing by performing the the most important thing on earth, the the holy sacrifice of the mass, right. which is done in order to honor God, not to honor us, but to honor God, and therefore he opens up heaven heaven's graces more or less and helps God to provide them to to the people in a way Christ um, created this. You know, so for example, Christ told the, the the his apostles that they should hear confession, so he is confession. Oh, he tell, told them exactly how he wants the Holy Mass to be celebrated, so they celebrate the Holy Mass. He wanted them to go out and preach to the people, so they go to the uh, to the chancel and preach to the people, etc. So that's what sure. exactly what they do. So by serving God, they do really serve us because God served us by uh, with the, right. the sacrifice on the cross was the biggest thing God right. could ever do sure. to us. And therefore, what is asked for us uh, from us is that we now start serving this as well. So it's a it's a it's a hierarchy here. It's a um, it's a is serving each other more or less in a way uh, in uh, by serving God, and so that's two natural hierarchies. So n naturally, you would now try to find this in politics as well, and that's where modernism comes in. Um, the modern political understanding makes it more or less impossible for this to happen, not totally. So if you have still a few good politicians are still out there, and those politicians, you will all everyone would agree as soon as a politician is good, you would agree that said, well, he's good because he serves the he serves his flock, you know, sure. more or less. So yeah. he's he's not betraying them, he's not lying to them, he's honest. For example, everyone would say a politician who's honest is a good is a better politician than a dishonest politician. Everyone sure. would say this. Go through the Ten Commandments, and if a politician tries to keep every of the Ten Commandments, you would you would consider him a very good politician. If he tries to do this, it's already amazing. It's more or less extraordinary, actually. So if you look at this, then you will find out that modernism tried to destroy traditional politics by getting families out. So first of all, in Europe, they destroyed the whole idea of monarchy and aristocracy, the real monarchy, right. uh, monarchy the principle. The state family. It's a, it's a Catholic principle, yes. It's the family. The, the Habsburg. The, the, for example, yeah. the Habsburgs in Austria, yes. Or, or the, I don't know, the Bourbons uh, and, and so on. All those different families. The Wittelsbach and Bavaria and so on. And you will find those those families, they obviously make also mistakes, but they represent the whole the principle of family on the higher level. So if you look in old books in Austria, for example, you will find many people referring to the emperor as also the father of their people. So that's very interesting. And the emperor was a father of their people because he uh, was there to serve them. So for example, the, the last emperor of Austria, Blessed Karl of Austria, was for example known for receiving, even in the middle of the war, receiving everyone who wanted to talk with him. Always. And he kept them in, in his prayers. And, and he uh, had priests and he appointed, asked them to celebrate masses for the needs of the people who visited him. Things like this. He was there for them all the time. His, his uh, predecessor, uh, Emperor Franz Josef, who was not as pious as Karl, but also quite pious, with ups and downs, um, did exactly the same. He was known for never sitting down. He was known for working standing on the standing desk because the people were coming in and out and he was always receiving them listening to everyone who came to him try to get now an appointment at the chancellor of austria and austria is way smaller than the monarchy of austria was back then we back then we're talking about t t tens of millions of people now we talk about nine million people it's now it's more or less impossible to get a appointment yeah, with, can't the be with him he's not that's talk different to try to get a normal appointment with the president of the united states it's really difficult. Try to get an appointment with the with the Pope in Rome. It's it's easier. Even uh, now now it's a little bit difficult, but it's even easier to get an appointment with the Pope, even though the Pope is in charge of billions of people, than with the President of the United States, who is in charge of only a few millions. Obviously, I know that this is a little bit a sure. difficult example, but you know what I'm talking sure, about. Sure. So th after this was destroyed, the whole principle of family was destroyed, and therefore it's very difficult for a modern politician to understand this. What is this? First of all, that. Politics is not a job. 
it's everyone's duty to take care of his own home country and some people have the vocation that they do this in a leading position. So we would call that statemanship and not politics. We can call it politics as well. Stadtmannschaft. No, it, it, yeah, um, 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 I would call it in, 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 in German, I would call it Staatswesen or then Staatsmann, Staatsmännisch, uh, whatever. Yeah. So what you have here is um, that you that you have um, uh, politicians who now think in periods. So they think in election periods. They think in four years, five years, six years periods, and don't most of them don't really care about what's coming afterwards. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you will find many politicians who lie to you on a constant basis because they know that whatever they promise you now is not even possible to introduce in the little time they have. Mm. And that's now where our work comes in. I believe that if we as Catholics ask for a very good political representation, um, it's a little bit unrealistic and not really very, very, very Christian to do that without working First of all, on ourselves to become better Christians, uh, better, better, just better people. Sure. And second of all, to understand that there is no such thing as a good, a good politics without good families. There is no such thing. So if we continue, and now we come to the reason why pro-life obviously is number one of my political topics, sure. the, the whole abortion issue. If we continue to kill, and I'm now quoting WHO numbers, 70 to 100 million children a year. How in many in world. Austria? In Austria, it's between 35,000 and up, we don't know. Right. We don't have official numbers. We yeah. have only the numbers provided by the abortionists themselves, and they yeah. say this number. Is this done by the state, or are all no, the There's a huge fight right now going on about this. It depends on, on which country, okay. or which part of Austria you are, but officially, but normally it's not done by the state. No. Okay, so but if there you go are to the public, where public hospitals do it. You won't get. You an normally have then. private clinics um, okay. run by Planned Parenthood or Mary Stopes International. They are more or less behind uh, okay. them, okay. financing them indirectly or directly. Interesting. So Planned Parenthood from the United States yeah, finances abortions. Yeah, Mary Stopes from the United yeah. States. Both are from the United know States. Know yeah, they are, uh, Mary Stopes is, is funding the biggest one. Uh, in, in so it's all private, though. It doesn't happen. Most public. of it is private, and we have it in some public uh, hospitals, unfortunately, as well. We right now have a huge fight against this in Tyrol for example, where they want to introduce this. It's not uh, there yet. There's only one abortionist in all of Tyrol. He kills uh, up to 1,000 babies a year, uh, if you follow one his man. own words. One man, one man, 1,000 children a year. He works now already for decades. Just imagine this. It's totally, it's insane. So I believe that if we do not fight against Pray this, for that man. how can we fight against anything else? I give you now a few examples. Um, let's talk about the migration crisis, for example. Many people in Europe, are, and, and I think that's right to do, to be afraid of, of uh, all the migrants, because obviously the migration, most of them did not come from a war area, most of them come out, out of economic reason. migrants. Yes, yeah. then we have a huge Islamic immigration. Islamic immigration is done very organized by Islamic organizations. They pay this. It's a, it's, we, we know this. It's, a, it's not a secret. You see all the different terror sure. attacks in sure. Europe and so on. So many people, are, and right they are, say, well, we, I don't want them to be in our country. But at the same time, they kill their children. So right. if, you, if you kill your own offspring, then your country will be, be empty at the end of the day. And, and right. emptiness does not exist in the modern world. So there, if you see, if, you, if, if there's a, a city like Vienna, this city will never be empty. If we don't have our own children here, other children will be there. Right. And it's not about, I'm not talking bad about the children of the Muslims, obviously. They're also innocent children, you know? Right. I don't it'll be a very different country. It's just different, yeah. It's a, it's, 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 it's a different culture and everything. And sometimes even very, very problematic, obviously. But let's not talk about this aspect. Just about the sheer fact that if you kill your own children, 
Right. Other people's children will, li- right. will be there. It's very, very easy, right. understandable, isn't it? Right, sure. Or the green ideology, for example. The green ideology very says... Very anti-human in this way. Yes, saying they, we're it. the problem. That's it. They save, save the planet, that's kill it. yourself. That's it. The Fridays for Future, for example, said no children for future. was at the main first conference they held in Switzerland. By the way, it costed millions of euros. Nobody knows who paid for it. Then afterwards, we found out that it was a big multinational concert who paid, obviously, for this very um, green-looking thing. But they said no children for future. And they talk about... Uh, um, um, that I'm quoting them, that every new child being born carries a CO2 backpack and it has to get rid of it backpack by Amazing. doing works for more or less communist-like right. systems. It's totally sick. It's a very Christian idea in a way, right? Like you sort of, you have your sin and then you're yes, supposed but to that's like... It. But that's it's, a f- it's like a... It's, it's a perversion. Ersatz Christianity. That's it. No, it's, it's a, a perversion. It's a perversion. That's the right. whole thing. It's you like Christianity never without a salvation. That's it. You We're will all never the Paschal Lamb. That's it. You will never find anything on earth which is not the perversion of the truth. Sure. Because... The evil does not have its own entity. It needs right, right. the good entity. It's a deprivation and of the good. It, it needs it. There is no such thing as a sickness per se. If I talk, if I talk with someone who has cancer, then I cannot talk with this person and with the cancer sitting next to him. I must talk with this very person, and he has cancer right now. So a part of his body does not work in the way it should work. Sure. This is the same with all our sins. The same with all our problems. So at the end of the day. Obviously, needs the good thing, and 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 if we continue with another example, I can give so many, and then <laughs> I have to stop because it's way too long already. Mm-hmm. You will find out that the same applies to, for example, the gender ideology. The gender ideology tells you that you are allowed to change whenever you want everything. So your 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 sex, official, more or less your sex. It's not possible, but 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 by by doing. Um, um, surgeries which uh, deform you in a way that it may be if it if the surgery is performed in the best way possible you look a little bit like the other yeah, sex and obviously fake, you don't yeah, yeah, it's an totally fake if you destroy, sex, you destroy right? your whole body and it's it's not really reversible in the in the way it, it, it would many people think it is but look at this. And if you look at, for example, the is gender... Is big here, too? It's huge Right now, States. we have the discussions about this. Okay, right now, in the States, it's, you know, like it's, it's a huge metastasized. Topic. But it's I have to say it's that... It's everywhere. That, that the but United how is States it here? Yeah. Yes, there was in the United States, there was this guy, um, this man called Mr. Matt Walsh, who made this documentation. It was a woman. It was very good in my eyes. And, and um, here in Europe, we also have the same discussions, obviously, going on. And the transgender movement does not work without abortion. We have to know this. Because Why is that? What's the connection? Because the, the thing about this is there are two things. First of all, if you, have to, if you say that you are able to decide on your body more or less in a way that it, it, you're able to destroy your own body, that this is only possible if you have a philosophy of being in general able to destroy it body of a human being on purpose even though it didn't, didn't do anything wrong so first of all the ideology is an abortionist ideology it's a little bit difficult maybe to see but from a christian perspective it's very logical it's very logical um, then look at the look at how it's performed so for example it's um if you pervert this uh, um, 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 for example if a woman wants to become a man officially but she still has sexual intercourse with a man and then she becomes pregnant, for example. Many of those women abort their children because obviously the whole uh, process of being pregnant uh, puts out so many female hormones that you immediately, uh, that m- most of the hormone treatments do not work if you're pregnant. They, they fully, d- and, and the children are terribly, terribly, I'm terribly, terribly sorry for the children of a woman sure. who is pregnant and takes hormones, but, uh, but just look at this. So you will find that all those things would not work without abortion. It just look at the whole... Uh, um, li- um, feminism idea, the whole idea that a real woman is a woman who is so strong that she can decide Be whether a child a in her body is allowed to live or not. Right. It all comes with abortion. Right. 
I could continue now. Look at communism. Communism never worked without abortion. The Chinese and the Russian, especially the Russians back when they were still communism, policy. but still now have a, have a, had a, the Chinese had a terrible policy. And you can look the numbers up online in Moscow and Peking. You had years where they had an abortion rate of eighty percent of society of, of, of the children, eight eight zero percent of the society. <laughs> Not every year, but you will you can look up the official numbers and you will find that those numbers existed: seventy seven percent, seventy eight percent, seventy nine percent. Those numbers existed. So you see that every diabolical ideological movement which is in the end directed against humanity because God became um, uh, how do you say um, um, man a man do you say this in right. English yes yeah, yeah, yeah. because God became man because and it's anti-incarnational that this it's is anti-incarnational right, right. and that's where the devil wants to play he doesn't it. like and it's also against God because obviously men were created in his image as well so you have many different argumentations for this which show very well that at the end of the day every anti-God ideology has to kill innocent children and it's very important that they are innocent that's very, very important because that makes killing an innocent peop- uh, guy on purpose is called murder. Right. That's sure. the definition. So sure. at the end of the day, you will find out that without this terrible, terrible development, you w- we would have a different world, a completely different world. You will see that lots of ideologies c- would not exist if abortion would be totally gone. It's very interesting. And it can only be totally gone if we as a Catholics, the Christian society in general, but especially the Catholics, because the Catholic understanding is... In my eyes, the, the by, by far the broadest understanding of the whole issue, also because it uh, takes into consider- consideration the sinful character of abortion, for example, a thing which you do not find in many Protestant outlets. So you, it's very important for us to understand that an abortion is a huge sin, because the the, the, the person primary who's sin, on, in it, a way, right? It. I mean, you're killing the image of God. You're, and you're who killing is killing God. it? You're killing God. Who is killing it? The mother, the person That's designed it. Even to sometimes the mother is obviously forced, but right, less right. Well, the less mother and her, less and less and her facilitator. Often it is the physical, often is it then the real father and the real mother killing their own offspring. Or at least uh, saying, yes, or asking someone else to kill their sure. offspring. But, but you know, uh, making more less than what we call an Auftragsmord. So they, they pay someone else to do a murder. Right, right, so sure. at the end of the day, they engage a killer more or less. So what at the end of the day, what you have is that the one of the biggest sin of mankind happens here when God designs the mother and the father, especially in, in their ability to, to, to perform um, the sexual act in order to, um, um, to procreate. So it is the main perversion of the human um, 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 creation itself. Just look at Genesis. In the first, first chapter of Genesis, Genesis already says this. Sure. Already says this, and and, and this is king is killed. Mm-hmm. It always says in the Holy Bible, it, you know, it says that um, that they when uh, mother, as when man and woman married, then they become one flesh. Right. Before Adam and Eve were that's separated it. in a way, they that's go it. back to the initial. That's the it. one where it was one flesh. Yes. And now look at it. The child is one flesh of its parents. It has the genetic code of both. So from a pure natural science point of view, it is already one flash of parents. Right. And this you kill, it's so amazing. So if you look at this, then you totally understand why if someone co- goes ahead and tells you, well, you Catholics should not always focus about this topic. Well, I have to. I, I really literally have to focus on this topic because if I don't right. do this, I can stop working in politics in general. I can totally right. stop. Right. For like killing our children. Yes. We're, if then you're not, you don't live in a society of law. You yeah. live in a society <laughs> yeah. of the jungle. You live that's in it. A, that's it. So you're yeah. just saying, I, I want to leave the jungle that's it. and go to a civilization, that's it. a rule of law. And the that's first it. rule of law would be, why do we set up society in the first place that's it. to not kill each other? A couple interesting points. This hierarchy thing is very interesting because 
because I heard somebody talking about this. Even your consciousness is hierarchical at every moment. You have to choose. There's many pieces of information that you could be bringing in right now, and you have to choose to focus on certain things. So hierarchy is built into your very consciousness that's it. at every single of moment course. of the day. So there will be something that's at the highest point of that, whatever it is at any given moment for you. So what's on your altar of your yes. consciousness? Um, what are you What are you worshiping? Comes from the English word worship. What is the yep. highest worth? That's the it. other thing is this interesting philosophical perversion. Um, there's this great uh, legal f scholar who actually wrote an amicus brief for the Dobbs case called um, his yep. name's uh, Robert George at Princeton, and uh, he talks about this that it's it's really a Gnostic philosophy, essentially because what it's saying is that, like for example, the transgender, the material is bad. I'm really not. A substance. I am a flesh suit with a spirit inside. So I'm real. I'm. I look like a man, but really spiritually, deep down, I'm a woman, right? And this is a. And, and so that's this separation. Same thing. And then you switch to abortion. Same thing. Well, yes, it's human, but it's not a person yet. That's so it. like we can kill it because it's not quite like you and me. Yes, it has the the, G, the DNA and the and the body, but it's not it's not conscious yet. So we don't have the spirit yet. Therefore, it's killable. Same thing with marriage. The third piece: this, um, it's not a conjugal unit that's natural. It's two so two spirits connecting. So two men spirits can connect. Two women spirits can connect. Five right. So it's this Gnostic idea that the material world is bad. It's not that the Christian idea is that that's the material God made us made it good. Everything was good, especially human beings, and yet we fell away from God's will. Um, but the Gnostic view is, no, it's bad from the beginning. It's all fallen. But there's this special feel, like, but we have this spirit inside that can transcend. So it's kind of, it's really interesting to me, this main sort of, wh what the battle lines are. And it seems like this Gnostic view yes. is the modernist view in That's a way. It. That it's, it's this idea it's that... It's philosophical battle in the world. Right. And it's, and it's the one where they, the other thing that, because we have a different... Um, We have a different eschatology. So our eschatology is that Christ is coming back and will judge the living and the dead and those who are worthy will either, you know, we're going to go either to purgatory, to hell, or to heaven. And whereas the Gnostics, because they don't have this transcendence, they're looking for an imminent eschaton. So they're looking for a heaven on earth here. So yeah. if we just like create the right pie, for example, or, or make the right, you know, if we, you know, if, we're, if, we, if we split up the the economic pie the right way, we, the lions can lay down with the lambs. And this yes. is a very dangerous ideology because you and I, we are going to dissent from this. And that's why we have to go to the gulag or we have to be canceled or we have to be ignored because we're the eggs that must be broken to make their perfect utopian um, omelet. And that's the problem. And the children are part of that too of because course. the liberated woman does not need to be tied down to family, to natural bonds, to children. She is to be liberated That's as it. an individual, which is a, m a fundamental misunderstanding of the human person, as we talked about earlier, a naturally political animal, according to Aristotle, through St. Thomas Aquinas in the church. Yes. So that's really the battle and what is is how do you other than prayer obviously because that's given right like prayer to me is the number one weapon what what are your tactics to to expose people who haven't who aren't understanding this I mean, who, who aren't who aren't they're not realized that they're captured by this 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 gnostic death cult which is essentially what it is it is right that's what it is so how, how do you how do they how do you what's your tactics to wake them up so so Bishop Schneider, Athanasius Schneider, Great calls it, calls it the, the, the new totalitarianism. 
um, um, this this Gnostic, Gnostic world we are talking about right now. And well, what can we do? First of all, uh, let's look at what the church asks us to do in order to to promote the truth. The church, first of all, asks us to to understand it ourselves. So we have to sure. do we have to take care of it in in our not only in our prayer lives but also as a as a as 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 far as our intellect allows it. Try to try to understand why we believe what we believe. If we do so, we have to obviously um, um, we have to make the decision that uh, what. I'm talking about the uh, four cardinal virtues, you know, if you so first of all you have to understand what is right um, Then you have to Decide that you really want to do what is right. That's you want to be the same you want yes, but uh, yeah Yeah, it's 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 of course that, that that's it But at the end of the day, it's a basic decision every day So whatever you do every day you have to think uh, if a, a question comes up You always have to decide is this question? How do I answer this question looking at my whole purpose of my whole life? Not just of the very second I'm deciding on. Second of all is um, as soon as you find found out what is right and what is what is what is intelligent to do, you have to um, want it. You have to really um, um, try to get your will and to understand as to, to to really want the truth. Then the third thing is you have to perform it. So if you have to do it, that's what we mm. call courage. By the way, that's courage. Courage is mm. not necessarily also just doing something in public. Fighting or something, courage is especially doing physically what you know is right and what you want to do because you know it's right. It's all connected to each other. And if you do this, there are many ups and downs. Sometimes it will work, sometimes it will not work at all. And to be calm and to still um, be steady and just continue doing whatever you do, this is um, uh, this is the fourth cardinal uh, virtue. I, uh, unfortunately, I do not know the cardinal virtues in, in English, Temperance, but that's the fourth justice. cardinal virtue. It's keeping the right measure, mm. you know. So that's the f that those are the cardinal virtues. So that's in general what we have to do in order to live a Christian life. And now, follow those uh, virtues and let's find out what this means for the tactical question you was just asking me. First of all. To make intelligence decision, you sometimes need knowledge you do not have yet, but you are you are able to have. Do not talk about things you're not able to have. If you read a book and you immediately see that you do not understand the first chapters, put it away. Don't try to understand something intellectually which you don't understand. It's not so important, and it's also not you're not stupid because you do not read a certain book. That's not about it. You have to read certain things. So the church asks you to have a certain knowledge about its teachings. So it's very wise to 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 have this, but you do not have to. Um, read the whole, a whole uh, library of Aristotle and, and St. Thomas in order to be a good Catholic. Um, there sure. are many, many saints in the past who did not read any of this sure. and were wonderful saints. As soon as you finish this, uh, it's the second question is you have to train your will. That you have to, uh, as soon as you know it, something is definitely right, you have to train your will. You have to remind yourself constantly, that's really what I want to do. And, and you see, it's a, it's, a, it's a free choice at the end of the day because you decide whether you really want it or not. It's your decision. Nobody else can force you to want something in your brain. Right, sure. Maybe they can um, uh, manipulate you. Maybe that's possible, but not totally. And then we're talking about courage, and that's where the rest of society comes in. You will perform an action, and this action will be visible. And through the visibility, other people can see what you do. And they will ask you about this or will not ask you about this. If they ask you why you do a certain thing, you have to tell 100% the truth. And if they do not ask you about them, you don't go and brag about why you did something. You right. just do it, continue doing it. Because that's exactly the, 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 that's where you exactly see if someone else is really interested in the truth or not. Um, if someone else is actually also interested in what you do or not. And also interested in your opinion on, such a, on something. So that's the first step. And then 
about uh, the fourth step, about um, not being um, too, not, not embracing too much the ups and downs, but rather embrace the constant line in the middle. Sure. If you embrace too much the ups, you will first of all become proud very, very, uh, very soon. And pride is the number one sin which uh, kills every good effort. If you become depressed because something does not work, then you n uh, start losing hope very, very fast. And you should never lose hope because hope is uh, um, one of the uh, acedia, virtues. Right? Is that called? Excuse me? It's called acedia, uh, like uh, spiritual, it's like sloth in a way. Yes. You, get, you get like sluggish. That, and that's it. That's it. Right. So you, at the end of the day, this is the main example. Another question is, is it really our duty and can it be our duty to think um, in tactics for a higher level, so not only for us. And I think, yes, to some degree it is. It depends on your vocation. So first of all, if you, for example, have a family, um, and I mean with have a family, by the way, not only being married, have own children, but also your own parents. Sure. It's also your family, sure. obviously. Sure. So if you have family, and everyone has a family, a, a broken or a not broken family, normally, then if you look at this, then the first question is, um, is there anything you can do in order to make your family a better family? That's the first question everyone should ask himself if it comes to a natural, real world you experience every day. Sure. Second of all, is what you're doing right now your job? Is your job asking from you to lie or to perform something which is definitely against the faith? Then you need to get rid of the job. Ask God for his help, his guidance. It is sometimes very hard, but God always provides. Always. He asks us if we the really saint, the saintly people, and obviously it's difficult, you cannot tell someone, I do it like this saint because the saints are not necessarily examples for your personal life but rather general examples sure. and general so it's a little bit difficult to apply something a single scented to all of your life it's sometimes sure. difficult but what you can see is that um god himself says that why do you try to prepare yourself for many weeks look at the flowers on the field right look at they them that's what he says the future, right? and they are they are way more beautifully dressed than than, than the kings sure. that's what he says so at the end of the day what we can find out here is that if we really want to if you really want to perform something good we have to understand that this is the first task so if we checked our family if we checked our jobs so or what how we earn our money that's where we can put lots of good work power into something good if we have a vocation for something public so if we have a vocation for example going out into public um, um, and speaking out loud for example let's say you are the leader um, in of a certain movement or you created a pro-life group for example sure. or you like what you do you do a podcast sure. and things like this then what we have to find out is what kind of language are we using is the language you use correct do we spread the right terms do we spread the right understanding of things so often we think something is good but it's not good because it's our words and not the words of the church the words of the church are I promise to you always way more wise than your words 100%. because it's 2,000 years of, 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 of public revelation and the, all the thousands of years before that on preparation for the church coming and so you have thousands of years and thousands of years of wisdom and of, of prophets and of saints and of the church teaching I guarantee you 100% you. Yeah, yeah. you will never be better than this yeah, yeah. so at the end of the day whatever you touch a topic try to get as much information on it by standard classical church literature try to look into people who are really good theologians if you have a theological question to uh, good philosophers if you have a philosophical question in good examples for example good saints who are politicians if you have a political question and things like this try to spread this rather than spreading your own ideas and sometimes you will see god will give you a certain task and if he gives you a certain task ask for his guidance i give you i, I want to give a concrete example because many people do not like if you talk in theoretical terms for example, what is a concrete task everybody has? We talked about the pro-life pro issue. Sure. We both know that every unborn child in the womb of their mother do, does not have a voice. Naturally, the voice of these children, uh, children is uh, their own parents. 
So actually, naturally, they have a voice. But they're lost in a Gnostic death cult. That's it. So the problem is that the parents are silenced, either um, on purpose or uh, some of the parents do not know about this and just don't, don't really know what to do. But at the end of the day, we have to give a voice to his unborn, unborn children. That's something, for example, everyone has to do in a way of, or another. Try not to fight. Uh, try not to fight in a way you are not made for fighting. So, for example, if you are a very introverted lady, raised four children, have lots of things to do with your own children and grandchildren, etc., and sit at home and well, let's say have a, a weak knee, then it's definitely not your duty to do an everyday on the street campaigning. It's definitely not your duty. You can do it. Maybe it's exactly your vocation. It might be, but but in general, it's very easy to understand that this is maybe not your main duty. So it might be your duty to be a very, very good educa educator for your own children and grandchildren. It might be your duty to be uh, to, to um, um, promise God to make a certain prayer for every day for this. Um, it might be your duty to spread information among your friends. It might even be your duty to write emails to, uh, to politicians or whoever, who knows, you know. But at the end of the day, we are not egalitarians. Not everyone has to do the same thing and not everyone is equal. Sure. Not at all. We are equal in the eyes of God in a way that God wants every one of us to get uh, to come to a point sure. of salvation. That's true. But he wants every one of us to get uh, to come to a point of salvation in our unique way. Right. Grace builds upon your nature. That's it. That's it. So at the end of the day, um, I think if you followed those examples already, it's really a hard task. Many people want big things on earth. They always ask for the big bang. You know, they want... If politics, if for example a new politician comes in, you want a new politician to immediately change everything. Even though from a natural point of view it's not even possible. But but you you want it, you just want change and then you say, ah now it's getting better. But actually you're distracting yourself from the real change which should happen and which is always your own personal change. Always. It's a boring you could call it a boring old church message, but it's the most important message of the whole of the whole teaching of the church is that whenever you try to be a better person this will change society way more right. because it first of all changes you and you are one little but not too little you even you have an immortal soul part of society right yeah that's it right that's so you, you, your your vocation of becoming a saint everybody in every that's single it. area of life has has your public ministry about these things affected your personal life meaning has it has it has it have you have you had to bear costs or basically you know there's well, you, you, well but i mean in specific, you know, is it, is, it, is it the kind of thing, just to give people like what you have to be prepared for, you know, if you're going to do this thing publicly in any, in any sort of way, lost friendships, lost job opportunities, things like this, is this, do you, do you feel this in your own life, in your own, in your own uh, mission? So, of course I do. Um, let me um, um, maybe put the focus on something a little bit different because it's... Sure. It's easier for people to understand Very what question. The, the fights, the <laughs> fights I have in my life are per my personal fights at the sure. end of the day, and I believe what everything has to be, everyone has to be prepared for, is to bring the sacrifices needed in order to do what your duty is. Uh, let me come back to a very basic example again. If you, for example, know that you have a problem, let's say an, uh, a problem with eating too much, or, 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 or you're not really performing well on what you should do in your everyday um, course um, surrounding your own family. Let's say, for example, you had a talk with your own mother and you, you, uh, you used words of uh, insulting words towards sure. her, which were not necessary. At the end of the day, 
we all know that there's a sacrifice needed in order to make those things good again. So in the sacrifice, in the case of your Almighty, what to call her and apologize, maybe even go there and apologize. The sacrifice you have to do Overcoming for performing a better work is you need to invest maybe more hours of work. Or you need to invest them in a different way. You need to get distractions away. Maybe you even have to delete a certain app of your phone. I had, For example, I deleted Instagram half a year ago, even though I had uh, some thousand of followers. <laughs> because it was just distracting me from my family life and it's not good. So at the end of the day, those are the little sacrifices. And now you can, everyone themselves can find out that obviously if you scale things up, so the more public things get, the bigger the sacrifices normally are. Mm -hmm. Or the more important the decision is in your personal life, the bigger the sacrifices. So yes, obviously I lost people who I called my friends and who maybe even called themselves my friends. But at the end of the day, my biggest friendship must be towards God. Sure. And I want many people on earth to be my friends but i found out that there is no real friendship if they if they do not want me to um to go to heaven if i and, and if i do not want them to come to heaven go to heaven right. so at the end of the day sometimes it sounds strange but the most friendly thing you can do is stop being friends with someone if friendship is based on the lie for example if you know that there's one topic you're not allowed to talk about let's say abortion and you have a friend, let's say a female friend, let's say two, two girls, they are friends yeah, of each other. Yeah, it's a big I one, know, right? Yeah, I know lots of one. those examples. Yeah. And suddenly your girl, girlfriend, you know, not in a, in sure. a, in a romantic sure. way, a but just a, your friend, your female friend tells you, well, I, I, I think I'm going to get an abortion. And you now have to make the decision. Are you talking with her about this or not? Then it's crystal clear. If she tells you, you have to talk with her about it. If it is abortion, I, be, I even believe that you even have to talk about uh, it with her if she does not personally tell you, but if others tell you. Because that's part of friendship that you need, you need to show them the truth. Mm. This will, in most cases, end the friendship. Let's say, I think, in more than 50%. But in many cases, it will be not end the friendship and maybe save a child's life. So at the end of the day, here's a very, very easy uh, example. And sometimes everyday examples are not as easy to understand as this one. Right. Sometimes it's you know a little bit difficult to really know what's going on right now. And is is it wise with talking with a friend? Did he really ask me for my opinion? If it's if it's maybe about a, a little bit, for example, I, I, I don't know. I have many friends who then have a girlfriend and they move in together. And they right. tell me, yeah, I just, moved, I just it, right. moved in with my girlfriend. And that's sometimes, for example, sometimes it's really difficult to talk about this. And that's something you just have to consider in prayer. So you have to ask your priest. Maybe if you have a good spiritual guidance, ask, ask the priest. Right. Sometimes priests have quite good uh, understanding of this. It depends on, uh, on how well uh, you're connected with him, with the priest. But this is uh, sometimes very difficult because sometimes it might, I don't know, be wrong to immediately tell your friend, well, you're, you're sinning with this. But it uh, is definitely not wrong to immediately start praying for this friend and also for his girlfriend and to on the next occasion where you have a good you know a good um, um, fundament just talk with him naturally and say if do you mind i would really like to talk with you about this once and, right. and just try to find a good way it's hard Ask. to know it's hard it's it hard. is hard to know and that's what i say the reason why i uh, why i mentioned the cardinal virtues is the cardinal virtues are key for this you have to understand again is your talk with your friend good if you look at your own life your own life, you want to come to heaven. Do you believe in this whole situation, is your friendship a friendship where this would actually be needed that you talk with him about this? Then you need to do it. Then you really have to decide, okay, I want to do it because it's good, because I already found out it's good. Then you need to perform it. And then afterwards, you are not allowed, or you are allowed, but you should not be um, 
totally depressed because it didn't work out no. or extremely happy because you right now helped sure. him to become a saint. It's even harder in families. Uh, way harder in family. Way because harder in family. The closer, you know, the, the harder. Yeah, family is difficult. If there's, but the closer, if the more you actually have to do it. Yeah, in a way, that's the in, hardest in, in one. a way, for example, it's often very difficult. What do children do towards the parents? Children have to honor the parents; they have to. And if you want to honor someone, you cannot lie to him. Right. It's not possible. So, for sure. example, we have an, uh, here in Austria, we have the the the, the heir to the throne of the, of the of the monarchy. Here is Archduke Karl of Austria, um, and then the, the his son is the next heir to the throne. is Archduke Ferdinand, and Ferdinand um, came out of a normal marriage between Archduke Karl and the Baroness um, Francesca Thyssen. And now Archduke Karl publicly announced uh, a year ago that he is divorced and now lives together with his new girlfriend. Mm. His own son made a public statement that he is not accepting this. His own son said, I'm a Catholic, I believe that this is wrong. His own son did it. Publicly. Publicly. Can you imagine this? His own son doesn't look from the outside like a very, very faithful man because he's a, he's a race car driver. But he's actually quite... He's a Catholic. He's a very faithful Catholic. Just imagine this. His own son had the courage asked by the reporter what he thinks about the divorce of his father not to say well it's his thing he right, even said right, right. well in my opinion it's wrong because my parents are my father and my mother and not my father and his girlfriend right. it's interesting isn't it very so it difficult takes courage. Very, yeah, it's it takes very a huge difficult. amount of courage to say that amazing yeah that's a it's a difficult piece of this whole puzzle is the is the yeah, yeah, yeah. um anyway um, Alexander, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come and talk to me today about all these issues. Obviously, you're really passionate about bringing Christ's message of hope to the world. And um, thank you, really. And uh, where can people, but before we go, wh where can people find you? Where, where, um, well, where the can they follow your work? It's, it's, as I said, I don't do all my work publicly because I sure. think sometimes it's not wise. But you can follow me on Twitter always at Chuguel, just my name. And you can obviously get subscribe to our newsletter, St. Boniface Institute newsletter. We now do a conference in February. We invite everyone with a very nice poll after the uh, conference, typical Viennese poll. So I guess it will be very, very nice to come to Vienna for this occasion. We have limited tickets, so it's good to... to and they are not very expensive, so it's, it's, yeah. it's, you can, you can, that, that's a very good thing. Then you can also meet me and can talk with me. And obviously, whoever comes to Vienna, just shoot me an email. If I'm around, I will always try to meet the people. Sometimes it's just not possible. Right. I'm very sorry about this. Well, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Well, and thank God you bless. very much for what you do. Yeah, thanks. It was a pleasure. Signing off. <laughs>